0: This is a special edition upload, courtesy of the Game Sports Show, powered by the Game Entertainment and Media, as well as the GamesportsShow.com, Spotify, Apple podbean podcasts and facebook or instagram special edition uploads are courtesy of having guests or guests on the show or information outside of the show's usual schedule we will caution you that some language might be offensive to some but to be prepared for an electric segment courtesy of the game now let's go to dave mckagg jr and the crew inside the game entertainment and media studio
1: booyah and it's time for the game sports Show, the twin sues only local regional and national sports show it is your host David McKaig, this is the special edition upload powered by The Game Entertainment and Media along with the thegamesportshow.com. The special edition upload is brought to you by Compass Imaging Group and Demansky Office Interiors. Make sure you check out Compass and Demansky on Facebook, Instagram, and their website on current sale options that will not only meet your needs, but also exceed them. From signage, banners, main office gear, and much more, make sure to check out Compass Imaging Group and Demansky office interiors. You're currently listening to the game through one of the many media platforms and social media platforms that the game presents. Spotify Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Facebook, and or Instagram, where you can find all the uploads of the game, previous and obviously live and Potential future ones. If you are interested, make sure you hit like, follow, and subscribe. You may have also been directed here through one of our amazing sponsors or broadcasting partners, such as ESPN, ESPN 1400, Sovereign Communications, On TV, North Spear Brewing Company, Sports Center Bar and Grill, Northern Critters in Need, North Shore Sports and Auto, and Thrush Creative Co. And speaking of Thrush Creative Co., if you're on our website, that is who did our website. Thrush Creative Co., the president, Aaron Robinson, fantastic job. Make sure you reach out to him if you want to get your website going for your personal business. And of course, I mentioned Compass Imaging Group and Demanski Office Interiors right from the top. Now, getting past the usual introductions of the show, I'm going to get right to our, my trusty co-host here on the special uploads of the game, my good friend, Speed Damon, and top cheese clap bomb legend from the top <laughs> circle, Brandon Brooks. What's up, Brooksy?
0: How's it going? <laughs> <laughs> did
1: you like that? I, just, you- oh, I did. I like that one. A that's
0: that's a new one. I like it. Yeah. It's Indeed. definitely a slap shots for anywhere.
1: We literally clap bomb from the top of the circle. I'm sure the guy that we have on the show here tonight may be able to second a couple of those clap bombs. And probably <laughs> let's make sure everyone knows that sit down and make sure you have a snack. I give you plenty of time in that introduction. That's the point why I do it. So when you click, you can get settled in and preferably open a nice cold pint from North Spirit Brewing Company, of course. Uh, but getting to our special guest, the main reason why you most likely clicked this link, of course, former first round pick of the Detroit Red Wings, played in hockey in many areas of the globe. The one only Evan McGrath. Evan, welcome aboard tonight. How are you?
2: How does everybody know about Brooksy's slap shots? That's my question. <laughs> that is an absolute legend right there. And that really is. I'm doing really well, guys. Thanks for having me on. I'm really excited to, uh,
1: to sit down and chat with you guys. Oh, that's exciting. Now, you know what? I'll say right off the hop there that he does those slap shots in men's league. Oh, yeah. not, it's, it's
2: unbelievable. I, uh, well, we'll get to it, but I've played with Brooksy on a few different occasions, and that slap shot, it comes from anywhere and everywhere, but it works. <laughs> it seems to have worked. <laughs> it's so, the only thing
1: that works for me. <laughs> uh, it does hilarious. Now I'm actually going to change up the introduction part. Like the first question, the first statements that we bring up, it's not going to be me doing it. As you know, a lot of our viewers and or listeners know that I like to steal a spotlight once in a while. I'm not going to do that on this part. I'm going to go to Brooksy first to actually start off so you can hit off with your good friend, Evan, right from the start, Brooksy, all you. All right, no
0: pressure. I am right at it today. Um, Anyways, Ev, thanks for coming. Appreciate it. Been friends a long time and, I kind of want to go back and just start start with uh, talking about your you know your minor hockey career and you know how you got into hockey. Also I want to talk about how I uh, was your counselor and you know made you where you were. You know I, I really believe <laughs> you at the hockey school uh, you know yeah. I got to take some credit. Hey but, you uh, got yeah.
2: it, you got it. We'll get into that too. We go way back for right? <laughs> I know, That's way back. going on this.
0: Yeah, but, uh, yeah, just talk to me and let me know, you know, how you got started, and, you know, I know you got a couple brothers, and I'd love to hear all Yeah, I
2: just, I I grew up a family of three boys, uh, I'm the youngest, I have a middle brother, uh, Brett, and an older brother, Gavin, uh, I guess as a young kid, you always want to follow your brothers and do what they're doing, and they were hockey players, so, I think it was about two years old, my dad had me skating pretty early, I was flying around there, uh, And uh, you know what? Like I said, you wanted to do what your brothers were doing. And uh, ever since I was two, it was what I loved. Uh, It was what our family loved, and what every Canadian family, I guess, really does these days. So uh, it all started there. We it was uh, it was a lot of fun. And we play on the when we were young. My dad would make rinks in the backyard. uh, We'd have it on the side of the homes. It would be nonstop hockey. So. That's kind of life as it was growing up, I'm sure, as it was with you guys. Oh, yeah, absolutely.
1: It is, right? I think the stories are like in the Canadian hockey, you either got, if you look back to the Gretzky where he's putting holes in barns or my end, I put in holes in my dad's garage. Brooksy, I'm sure you put holes in your parents' house or laundry machine. You know, that's a typical, when you're a child at the hockey, especially myself being in the 90s, but even the 80s and 90s birthdays. The, the the birthdays of the babies not the later 90s and the early thousands, they didn't get the treasure, it seems like, of what we had when when we were younger playing hockey. More so with you two, obviously, because the level you went to. But in terms of just being the youth involved in hockey in Canada, there's really nothing better. Or even the United States, right? So it's a lot of different areas of the globe where you play hockey and have different stories in the minor days. But Being able to have those stories when you have brothers or family and just shooting the puck against the barn or the garage or breaking your dad's headlight on his truck or car, whatever he did by accident. You know, that's all the fun stories in in, in growing up as a hockey player in North America. Well, mine
0: was a little different, actually, because I had a sister and Evan probably doesn't. Evan knows my sister, but he doesn't know what I used to do. So I didn't put any dents in my garage. I didn't do anything because I used to put goalie equipment on my sister and I would tie her to the net. (laughs) I I have stories. I told told that story at her wedding. Like I tied her right to the net and I would just fire tennis like all day long. And for whatever reason, she loved it. So uh, I got (laughs) to thank my sister and my dad can thank the fact that I didn't destroy his garage. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
2: your poor sister but, just had to take a couple bruises for it oh yeah yeah clapped, now she's a
0: police officer it, and has a gun and she's probably chasing me around all the time
2: um
0: but hey but, and back to you evan uh you know i just uh, i know there's a, a rumor we talked about it a little earlier uh, off the air and
1: uh you know
0: when you're in minor hockey there's a rumor that you broke a gretzky record And I know you don't want to say it, but, uh, I really needed to talk about it and what year was it and how many points did you have?
2: Oh my goodness, Brooksy, I couldn't even remember the year. Um, and yeah, it's, it's something that I may have heard once or twice back when I was younger, uh, stats and stuff like that weren't quite as they are now, obviously. Um, I was very blessed growing up in minor hockey to play with some very good teams, uh, when I was with the Oakville Rangers, we had uh, a team, I think it was almost two years, we went undefeated, like in tournament games and regular season. It, it was incredible. Um, so I was very blessed to have some good teams, but uh, there was a year or two where, where I had a lot of points. I, honestly, buddy, I couldn't even give you the exact number. I, I think it was something like 200 points in, in the regular season or something something like that. But uh Again, I was very lucky. My my dad was the coach. Um, we had some great coaches around us. I was given a really good opportunity to do well when you have great players like that. So uh, it was a lot of fun. There, who knows if there was any well that extra I don't it. even Your want dad to dad was put the coach. Your dad yeah, was the coach yeah, and you never why, came off buddy. the ice. That's that's I hey, never dad let you the off coach. the <laughs> ice. <laughs> hey, would you have fifty eight minutes yeah. a game or what? That was the plan. Get your dad on the bench and you play more. Isn't that how it works? Yeah. What a great idea. <laughs> I don't idea. even want to. I, I know uh, there. Like I said, there was maybe talk about it, but um, yeah. I don't even want to put my name in the same uh, the same realm as somebody like that. But uh, I I've been able to meet him. I've been able to do things like that. That's that's where I'm lucky to get those chances.
1: Yeah. Obviously you. Made a good impact playing professional hockey and all that, but I think we almost found the title for our show, Brooksy, the minor hockey league record breaker.
0: <laughs> the one <laughs> did it happen? Did it actually life, happen? Is,
1: is that something to be
2: proud of? I'm not too sure. <laughs> yes, minor absolutely. league, to, minor league to
1: bust. <laughs> <laughs> minor league breaker, the 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 great minor leaguer. <laughs> no. The minor no, league it, heartbreaker. The minor league heartbreaker, like HBK, there it, there it is. But, no, you have, I, like, when you were younger and you break those records, knowing that, you can, like, I'd love to bring up those archives. That's something that you break. that That's a lot of points to get, 200-some-whatever points it would have been or may have been. But to have that rumor, you know what? I'm sticking it. I'm going to say that you did break it. And you are, you are <laughs> hey, the, let, the... let's not go so, on the record saying that. That's. <laughs> <smart>. <laughs> I hope Wayne... For some reason, hears this and looks in the archives and proves that he's truly not the minor hockey great one any longer. <laughs> oh God,
2: my, my my father-in-law is probably gonna hear this and just shake his head right now, but that's okay. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> Speaking
1: of father-in-law, I know Brooksy did tell me, and I was kind of gonna let him gonna bring it up, but you know what? Now nah, I'm a comfortable dude. I bring it up to you. your father-in-law is Dougie Gilmore. Am I correct? It, it is, yeah, yeah. It, it is. is. Th- that must be just a treat or two. Obviously, I know you obviously had a great. Uh, career playing professional hockey in areas around the globe. But having, I'm obviously myself, as all the listeners and viewers know, taking my host hat off for a second, put my fan hat on. I'm a, I'm a Leaf fan. Okay. And Dougie G is a legend. Okay. In terms of Toronto. All right. Number 93. And obviously, you know, he falls, he falls the Leafs now a lot. I see you just gave Mitch Marner a birthday shout out just recently on social media. But overall, that must be an absolute treat to be able to just hear stories from Doug Gilmore or even just hear what he had to say about the game when you were either still playing or when you were done playing, you guys could probably share some things back and forth.
2: You know what? It was, it, it was crazy. My wife and I, uh, we met when I was in grade nine, she was in grade 10. We went to high school together. Uh, we started dating cause she couldn't resist me. Obviously, <laughs> uh, <laughs> we all know that's not true. Um, <laughs> But uh, So I met Doug when I was 15 years old, oh, wow. uh, and I grew up in Oakville, just outside Toronto. Uh, obviously, Toronto fan, like most kids were in the area, so, so Doug was a guy uh, we all looked up to, um, so walking into my wife's sweet 16 birthday party with him in the back was uh, a little bit of a tough first meeting, but uh, it was super exciting. Um, anybody that's ever met Dougie knows that he's probably one of the easiest guys to sit down and have a beer with and just talk to. Um, so that made it totally super easy for me. Um, we grew, Maddie Madison and I, my wife, grew for a while together. Um, and then I think I was 21, I guess, we moved uh, to Grand Rapids to play, where we'll probably get into this too, where I had the pleasure of meeting Mr. Brendan Brooks um but after that there was a few years we lived together uh or we lived with him um in the summertime so i was very lucky to to have somebody like him to throw things to uh to kind of talk to to kind of hear different uh i guess different experiences because like i said this guy's a a legend that's sitting in front of you that's an open book to you uh you have to try to take advantage as much as you can and uh he's given me a ton of ton of help and a lot of uh A lot of great advice. So, um, like I said, he's been a great guy, a great friend. And and we've definitely had a lot of fun times together, too.
1: See, honestly, like with – and the big thing is I'm not going to ask you this because it's probably a conversation he gets. And it's just kind of jump in that obviously a lot of people know Doug Gilmore – He's not going to give you a stick, okay? He's not going <laughs> to get you a signed stick. If that's what you're asking right now. You're not getting I was it. Hope, I was hoping if you could try to get me a trial with the No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but overall, his story... Uh, in 1993 with Gretzky, okay, it's one of the biggest stories of all time about the non-call against Wayne Gretzky. Well, and that kind of connects to this discussion because we were just talking about how you broke Gretzky's record. I'm saying that you broke. I know it's a rumor, but I'm in the flat <laughs> out. <outside. laughs> hey, can we ditch, can we put this in the dirt soon Let this rumor's got to go down? <laughs> Overall, though, that, that, that story must have been brought up to millions of times. He's probably fed up to hear it, okay? So, obviously, if people don't know what that is, just give it a Google and I'd be very surprised if you don't know what that is. But obviously, it was a non call against Wayne Gretzky in 1993 playoffs against the Leafs uh, that ultimately almost decided or basically decided the fate of the LA Kings proceeding to the Cup Finals. But in Toronto, didn't have the opportunity to break its curse that still lives today about not being Stanley Cup champions for all over 50 years. But has that, I don't need to know the details, but has that story ever been brought up to you at all? There was one time. Uh... And I, I think
2: it was, this was recently played this, uh, this series, I think on TSN or something like that, or Sportsnet or, or in the last couple months, it was recently played. And, uh, I remember him saying on his Instagram or something, it was one of the first times he had watched the full game. And, uh, I remember, I, I'm trying to think how old I was now is probably about 25, 26. So this is about eight years ago. Um, and we were watching one <laughs> we got really we had a really really fun night the night before just hanging out in the backyard and we woke up that next morning and we were sitting in uh in his family room and that game came on and he literally sat down and he watched it for about five minutes and got up and walked away and uh we had a quick conversation about it over a coffee and after that it was something that uh <laughs> i think was a little sensitive to him i think toronto a close place to him um so to get that close to the Stanley cup and not ever get that close again with Toronto or, or ever again in his career. Um, I'm sure it was tough, but I'm sure he'll be the first one to tell you that's the game now, right? That's how it was. And, um, it's unfortunate it happened obviously, but uh, I don't think it's something he's, uh, at this point too worried about. I think it hurts him obviously. Um, yeah. But it's definitely not something you can dwell on too much. He's he's definitely, I think, past that
1: part of it. Oh, definitely. And it's it's a uh, like Brooks. You obviously, I'm sure, you're familiar with it too. That's <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. it's. It's unfortunate, right? It, it is what happened there. But I can just imagine how that can eat somebody up. Just getting that chance. It's almost like you took the ring off a finger. But it's not like LA won the cup, which maybe would have made matters worse. Montreal ended up winning the Stanley Cup with Patrick Waugh in there. Did very that good hockey. make it better, though? Did that make it better? <laughs> oh, maybe not, because maybe Toronto could have got it, right? That There's all those what-if parts. But having Montreal win, and if you're a Leaf fan, probably not, <laughs> you know? Uh, but at the end of the day, very, very very tragic and leafland story that is but it's it's such a treat to be able to have them. Uh, and backtracking a little bit just have him as your father-in-law when you first met him did he ever give you the glares did he give you those Dougie Gilmore glares where he's like nothing oh, nothing
2: I never got those father? killer eyes I never got them uh, no um, no I I've I've been lucky so far. He I was like, I this guy's I, not gonna last. Well, yeah, yeah. He probably looked at me and just shook his head. That was probably his first reaction. <laughs> but did no, he have a
1: he, when he, he was doing that? Did he have the long hair?
2: <laughs> no, no. Oh. This was he wasn't back then. Not the cow legs days. Uh, no. Not quite then.
1: No, no, see, and that's that's funny. You know, at the end of the day, you still have a great legend there alongside, along with yourself, but we've talked about Gretzky and how the rumor has been putting the dirt here on the show. You heard it first, and secondly, you know, with Dougie G., uh, Brooksy and yourself obviously you have familiarity playing with each other, but just to give listeners a quick little recap, I'm going to kind of go to the OHL for a second with you about your experiences because the Ontario Hockey League uh, Alumni Association is a follower of the show. They do share all of our special edition shows and they're Obviously, very passionate about the show as well, as we like to know about their page and alums that they get on there for stories. So just to give them a little kind of a treat out here, you played in Kitchener for four years. That started back in 02 and you ended up in the 05-06 year. And you played with some legends on that team, obviously. Okay, And you had some great coaches. You had Pete DeBoer there, who is a good friend of Paul Maurice, a Marine native. Uh, that uh, obviously he's been on the show, Paul Maurice. He talked very highly of Peter DeBoer on the show when he was on. You also played with, though, Mike Richards. You had Derek Roy. You had... Uh, it's David Clarkson, Leafs legend. Had to, I don't know if that's a joke or a good joke to throw out there right now. Uh, <laughs> I think they're still
2: yeah. paying, Dave. I think Dave's living in Colorado, just still being paid by... No, he got traded, actually. Being paid by Columbus, I think, No, no uh, he got traded back to Toronto
1: this past year. Oh, and he's on, on LTIR with Nathan Horton. We like to call that Robida Island. Okay, that is where... <laughs>
2: That's where you have Clarkson and legends, Nathan Horton, too. He's uh, what a guy. Talk about a minor
1: career there. That guy was
2: the, a career in the NHL, too. But even growing up, that
1: guy was unbelievable. Oh, oh so, man. It's so unfortunate what happened to him in the NHL with the back. Like it's That's a very unfortunate injury, even with David as well. But with Nathan Horton, that guy's a former third overall pick. He, he was big in Florida, Boston. He was a part of that 2013 Toronto-Boston game. He was a, the person who kind of got on the score sheet near the end a couple of times. He kind of assisted in eliminating Toronto that year. But overall, in the Ontario Hockey League with you, you play with Mike Richards, who is obviously a legend in itself as well, and good friends with former Greyhound Jeff Carter. Well, I believe he still is. Maybe, maybe he's not. Uh, but you're playing days in Kitchener. You know that you got talk about the your playing days in Kitchener there and just with the players you play with and just success you had there. You had 114 points. Like, hey, how are you? Not a big deal, eh? <laughs> yeah.
2: I, I again, I don't want to say, keep saying the word blessed, but I was lucky to have a, a great career there in Kitchener. Um, right from the beginning, they gave me that opportunity. Though I, uh, from the Memorial Cup, my first year I won a Memorial Cup. Like you said, Derek Roy, Mike Richards, Steve Eminger, Dave Clarkson um gregory campbell even some of the names you don't think of like nathan O'Nabagon, jesse boucher like our goalie scott dickey uh george halkidis like i said all these guys they were so solid in what they did that year um and again i i believe that's everybody says a true team winner a true winning team has that that togetherness that that feeling but uh, you really felt that that year um it it was a special team we had Steve Edminger come back after that nine games or whatever that was before you you get that extra million dollars in the NHL and right when he came back it was like one of the biggest sparks we had Derek Roy who who just dominated the OHL he was uh, I think one of the most dominant OHL players I've ever seen uh Mike Richards who you could argue would probably have been the best two-way player at that time uh, in the whole league as a second-year guy. Um, And then, like I said, the names go on and on. So, Kitchener was an absolute dynamite place. They treated you like gold. They did whatever they could for you. Um, But not only that, they held you accountable. Pete and Spotter were, uh, I don't want to say they were hard asses. They weren't. But they were strict. You didn't mess around. You didn't didn't skip school. You didn't... uh, you didn't show up late. You 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 did all the right things at the right time. And at that time, that wasn't happening everywhere. Um, here and nowadays it is. Um, but they had a they had a good grasp on things, and that's why I think they've been so successful growing, going forward.
1: Yeah, they have Peter DeVore, obviously, coaching C spot, was uh, a part of coaching as well, This not only in the OHL, he was a player, uh, as well as being a coacher that he moved to Toronto Marlies, so now he's been a part of the San Jose Sharks as an assistant coach. Now, I'm going to go back to Brooksy, because the next step in your career after the Ontario Hockey League, which... Obviously, the game has changed since I miss what the old game was in the early thousands. And so now I think the game has obviously changed, but it's a lot more speed now, which a lot less physical. And it's completely different than what it is. But transitioning, moving forward, you and Brooksy play with each other. You get drafted by the Wings. You're in Grand Rapids. Brooksy, I'm giving you the floor to talk about your, your playing days together with, in Grand Rapids.
0: Yeah, well, we actually met at uh, the Wings camp is when it all started um and you know for me uh, you know that was a dream for me because uh, i grew up you know detroit was my favorite team as a kid i was a big steve eisman fan so i was like a kid in the candy store actually that whole time in uh, traverse city um and i'm sure you know evan was the same he just drafted i'm sure he felt the same way and uh, you know we kind of hit it off right away and uh, you know, I knew who he was from uh, a young age because, you know, like I said, I was the big reason he made it all the way, you know, being his counselor and making sure he could skate and all those little things and shoot the puck. All slap shots, oh, oh. though. Nothing else. <laughs> just slap shots. Brooksy, I don't think, I, I think I've scored maybe three goals my whole career with a slap shot, so I didn't <laughs> learn that one from you, buddy. <laughs> you know, and I think I maybe scored three without a slap shot. <laughs> that was my shootout move, too.
2: It was like the half oh, clap in oh. a shootout. Oh, hey, If it's not broken, why fix it, right? That's oh, yeah. the only way
1: I knew. What are you, Brian Rolston? <laughs> <laughs>
0: no, but, uh, you know, we both, uh, you know, we are in Detroit for a while there. And then, uh, you know, we got uh, sent to the AHL team in Grand Rapids, which, uh, you know, actually, on, we actually had a really good team. Like, our team was really good, but it was just, there was a lot of different things happening that year we played together, you know, like, I. It was a year, uh, we talked about it before, but uh, I, it was a year that um, Detroit wasn't owned, didn't own Grand Rapids. It was like the last year that that ever happened because now all of a sudden all the NHL teams own all the AHL teams. Um, and I think it's part of the reason of what we went through that year. Would you not agree, Ev? Because there were so many changes that you had. You had Detroit wanting guys to play a certain way. And then in Grand Rapids, our GM and coach wanted us to play a different way. It was just, there was a lot happening that season.
2: Well, you know what I think a big issue was too that year, Brooksy? We had, I think, three or four different affiliates coming in. Yeah, we, had team, we, had team, we had players from like halfway through the year, all of a sudden, I think they said, oh, here's five players from Edmonton's organization. This is halfway through the year where you're already at a full lineup, and we were doing okay, but we weren't doing amazing, and all of a sudden, these guys were coming in as the saviors, but realistically, they were coming in as young guys, not really knowing what they were getting into either. So it was a really weird year. I forget there was another team I feel like they were coming from too. But it was uh, when when you have guys coming from different organizations, guys pulling in different directions. Obviously the AHL's development. Obviously every player is a little bit out for themselves because they want to make that step. Uh, And if they're not, they're lying to you. But um, at the same time, there was too many ropes, too many too many directions. It was it was a very odd year, and then. Uh, I think it was a tough year for for then the coach kind of lost grasp a little bit of all that control and uh, you know how it goes once something goes off it, it can go quickly right yeah oh, that, absolutely
1: see and that and that's big where when you guys when you guys played like one thing I got to and i'm using hockey db and elite prospects here some days you play you, would, you play with darren mccarty for a couple games i believe but we don't have to jump into that that's just i am well
2: darren and i actually got really close that year that he played with us so uh i have no problem talking about it. he was kind of my uh, my my guy on the road and stuff like that too so uh he was very good to me so i have nothing not a bad word to say about him he gave me stories it was when he was sober uh so i have a lot of great experiences with darren
1: Oh, I can bet. Like he, obviously a big. I forget what playoff that was. I know he was playing against Philadelphia. I believe that was '98. Obviously scoring that big goal, and it's just an absolute legend. There's a guy who was a typical Detroit guy. You know what I mean? I don't mean that towards you or Brooks at all. But look at the Kirk Mulpeys, the Chris Drapers, the Darren McCarty's, the players that they had that surrounded the big guns with Steve Eiserman and Shanahan back. In fact, those are a little bit before the times when you joined Grand Rapids, of course, but. Yeah, that team was always known to draft and draft well. Obviously, based on numbers that you got, it's getting in the fourth round and going to Detroit. They always found gems. And you had success there in Grand Rapids. And you also had some players that you play with that were great, besides Brooksy teaching you clap bombs from the top. <laughs> that he yeah. never used, obviously. <laughs> guys
0: are- what a waste of my time, Evan. <laughs> 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 you
2: have like... i tried i tried but i just couldn't finish i couldn't finish it
1: no and that and that's where you got the guys like kyle quincy Jakub kindle i think you played with kindle in the ohl too
2: Jakub and i played for many years together yeah.
1: Tons, yeah tons
2: yeah we played in the ohl we played he's still a guy we we keep in touch the odd time there on
1: instagram uh so yeah
2: Jakob and I. oh my god i think we probably played five
1: six years together at least See, and that and that's you've got a lot of players that you play with. And when you play with those guys, and there's also I believe Jimmy Howard you play with who I think now has such a great career in Detroit, but things are starting to go off a little bit in the deep end, but everything is with Detroit right now in general. But well, playing with that's
2: another guy I'm I'm still really close with. So we yeah. uh, I, I think I talked to Jimmy about a week ago and he's uh Jimmy's one of the, the, the nicest guys out there. Um, yeah, yeah. I played with him for Three years, I think, in the AHL. Our, our wives are good friends. They keep in touch quite regularly. Uh, Jimmy's always been there to support me. Uh, so he's one of those another great guys in the game. I truly hope somebody gives him a good shot next year, just strictly because I, I, I think he needs it. He's uh, He's been in Detroit forever. Um, maybe a, t- a change isn't a bad thing for him. Uh, he might not want to hear that, so <laughs> I, I don't know if you want to hear me well, saying that. But well, the, at the, the same the time, thing, I believe in Jimmy, so
0: I, I, yeah. I think
2: he could be a winner somewhere for sure. Well, I
0: remember when I first met Jimmy, and you might have been the same, you know what I mean? Because he was a nice guy, and at first, when you when I first met him, then you, he doesn't look like a hot, he didn't look like that hockey player. You weren't even like you're like who's this guy? You know, he wasn't in great shape, but yet he was the hardest working guy that I grew to know like I've never seen after practice he was on the bike for like an hour um he was staying longer after practice like I'd never seen a guy actually work so hard and I remember when he first got called up and I was like not surprised because of yeah. the work ethic he put in in the AHL and He was so determined, and like I said, he had a great career in the NHL, and he still has one.
2: Well, look at the guy—he's 36 years old, and we're still talking about him like he could potentially be a starting goalie in the NHL. And this isn't a young man or an old man's game anymore. So, uh, you got to give the guy credit—he must have done something fucking right the whole time. Excuse my language, but uh, he's—he's. He's a great player. He's, he's done a great job and what a career. So, again, I, I hope he gets another chance. I'd love to see him somewhere where they're, they're competitive. Uh, Detroit for a few years now, it's been a tough spot to play. So I would love to see him in, on a competitive team and, and see where he can even show what value he can show to them.
1: He has the capabilities. Even you know, I think next year he has the still the ability to be a starting goaltender. But I think next year he gets that start. Obviously, he's gonna probably play behind somebody, and which is fine because he has the ability to outmatch or outplay whatever way you want to look at it of somebody because of that work. He'd be a hell of a backup. Are you kidding me? Because he actually can be
0: a starter. Like any team should go after him. Like, if I'm thinking about it, anyone should go after him because, you know what, you could put him in if an injury happens or, you, you know what I mean, It, like I said, he's been around and in his work ethic, uh, he could maybe make the goalie goalies better, make competitive, and the, I always find if you have two competitive goalies, you know, that's when you're going to get the best out of them.
1: And I yeah. think – now the team that sticks out to me right now, and he has familiarity with the general managers, Ken Holland with the Edmonton Oilers, because who knows if Mike Smith will for sure return uh, next season with, and obviously there's another
2: competitor though. Holy shit, Smitty. Yeah,
1: for sure he is. But even if like depending on what happens going into the next season, if he remains or if he retires or if he gets traded, whatever it may be, maybe it'd be a feasible option for a team like the oilers and have players that they got to pay to give jimmy howard a chance to play behind koskinen because it costs be, the type of goalie who can be so hot and cold which is a perfect scenario for jimmy well that gives even that starter a little bit of comfort too right
2: i know uh it, it's not the the league it was 10 years ago where starters are playing 70 games a year right it's uh you need to have that balance nowadays the game is too good it's too fast uh So to have, a say, like you said, to have Jimmy as a backup to come in and play 20, 25 games or even to to compliment a goalie on his bad days. So uh, I think you hit it right on with that one. I think so.
1: I, I, I don't like to my own horn, but sometimes I think I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> now, obviously, you spent four years, uh, four full seasons uh, in Grand Rapids, correct, on. then you had some time in Syracuse, then you went overseas. But in your time in the American Hockey League and being in that Detroit Red Wings system, the praise of that Red Wings system is great, obviously. And I don't know if you feel obviously positive with it. or how, Like overall, the experience in that Red Wings organization, how was it entirely with Grand Rapids?
2: I think overall, you have to say it was really good. Um, the organization right from the beginning was fantastic. Um, Kenny Holland, a lot of people don't give Jimmy Nil enough credit for those teams. Uh, he was a huge part of it. Uh, even from their scouting staff a guy named Joe McDonnell was fantastic with me. Um, then you go to grand Rapids, you're treated well in Detroit, you're treated well. Um, Obviously, do you wish you got a little bit of a better opportunity? 100%. Um, do you feel like you deserve it? Yeah. Do you? Th- does everybody probably feel like that? No, right? That's the game. Um, people see different things and different people. Uh, did I love it? Yeah. Did I love Grand Rapids? The 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 night after the game on a Friday night or a Saturday night when Steve eiserman and uh, Gordy Howe walk into the room together? Uh, yeah, it's unbelievable uh, the history, the, the, the class of
1: the organization. It was incredible right from the top, right to the bottom. See Brooks, I think you're going to test that too, obviously being involved in that organization, just pure class, always top. To bottom.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It was a great organization. I was only with them for one year,
1: um, but it was
0: a great, great experience. It was like a childhood dream for me. It was just, it was great all around. Uh, and I was really happy to be a part of it. And, uh, you know, and you know, going back to Evan, I wanna ask you, you know, what uh what was your main reason? Like, you know, did you just feel like you know the NHL wasn't gonna happen regularly or be something that was there and then you just is that why you decided to head over to Europe or you know
2: You know you what, think Bruxy, you I stayed? didn't wanna yeah, I didn't wanna go to Europe, buddy. Um I, I wasn't ready for it. I didn't even think about it that summer. Um I came into, I think it was after three years with Detroit, I signed another year deal. And then uh, there was a couple games left in the year, and I wasn't playing very much. So I said, why don't I give it a shot, try and go to Syracuse? Um, they were a team that was ready to finish the year. They weren't going to even come close to the playoffs. And maybe I should have thought about that one a little bit more. But at the time, I was thinking opportunity, opportunity, opportunity. Um, didn't quite work out. I went into August, um, talking with Boston Bruins a lot. Um, and we were up and back and forth with a two, two way deal. Uh, Oh, there was a center they took instead of me. He was an older, uh, centerman, but they took him instead. And they told me that probably, uh, right at, tr- just before training camp. So just before September. So I kind of sat there thinking, Oh my God, what am I going to do? Um, I had no idea. Then out of nowhere, um, Matthias Ritola and Jonathan Erickson called me, and they said, hey, there's a Swedish agent. He's been calling me, calling us, calling us to talk to you. So I talked to the guy, and obviously he gave me the, the contract. He gave me the information a little bit. I had no idea about Europe. I didn't know a thing. They said euro. I didn't even know what that meant. Um, it, it, it was. <laughs> they said euro. They were like, oh, this is a euro net contract. It's really good. I said, ah, well, I don't know what that means. I, I had no yeah. idea what any of it meant. Oh, so, I, knew. Uh, I, 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 I the, the decision was kind of made for me, um, but in a way, it was. The, I think one of the best things for me is, as well. I, I spent five years in Sweden. It was an unbelievable country. The people were very good to me. Um, I had some amazing experiences. My wife really enjoyed it there. We felt safe. It was clean. The food was incredible. The hockey was top notch. Um, so that kind of drew it kind of well. It kind of forced me there, I guess you could kind of say, but I, I I hate saying that because I've enjoyed it so much.
1: And obviously you had a lot of success there. You were like a leading scorer almost on each team. Not a, not once again I'll say it. Not a big deal. But playing over. <laughs> Playing over in Sweden, it must have been an adjustment, eh? Like just going from a North American hockey to Europe. And I bring this up on a lot of guests that we get in terms of the difference in the game. And I know there was, I believe, one year like you also had William Carlson on your team. John Klingberg, I believe, was another guy that you played with. And looking at, and obviously I don't, I'm pulling this out of my rear end. Obviously, looking at Hockey DB, I'm not gonna lie to our viewers, and listeners. Uh, but you playing over in Sweden. The difference between the game, I love asking this question, the difference, did you notice it severely playing overseas? uh, Yes and no.
2: Every country overseas is a little bit different. Germany is a little different than Austria. Austria is a little different than Switzerland. Um, Switzerland from Sweden. Sweden was fast, man. It was quick. If you didn't back check, you were not playing. So... The game was up and back and forth so quickly and it was so fast we had people come over and they like friends and family and stuff like that would come over and they'd be like holy shit it just is moving so quick and it's such a big ice surface and people talk about it but um i i like the game over there i think i think the nhl could adapt slightly to i don't want to say a, an olympic size rink because i don't think the nhl needs that but Something in so between, fast. for sure. Yeah, the game is so fast. Now, these guys are so big and so fast. You have guys 6'3", moving at speeds that are incredible out there. Um, I, I think they could add a few feet to the ice here, I don't think would hurt. But, again, that's probably another whole. Well, I also think it would there.
0: be great for the fans to see, because it is amazing to see what these guys can do, especially with the puck give them a little extra room and just imagine what can happen because, you know, as we've talked about on the show, you know, before is like, you know, how the game has changed and, you know, it's not, there's not as much fighting anymore. So, uh, or like, it's not as, you know, the big hits, like the Scott Stevens catching guys in the, in the middle of the ice, like that doesn't happen like it used to. Um, I feel that, you know, for a fan to be able to see these guys actually at top speed and be able to have a little extra room to show their talent would be amazing, especially with the way the game's going. And like yeah, you said, it yeah. doesn't need to be an Olympic size. It's just just a little bit bigger so people can actually see. Because I find sometimes the NHL, it's just so – the rink's so small that there's just there's just no room sometimes yeah. it looks like. And uh, and there, I feel there'd be more goals too with a bigger ice because there's more room, it won't only be specialty teams anymore. Because I find a lot of the games are you know, goals are scored through uh, the specialty teams these days. No, for sure,
1: I, I agree. See, and that. And- so different. Like, we, And as you were saying that, just like the change. Like, you can watch those classic clips. You brought this up earlier, how the older games are being shown on, you know, uh, you can show on the TSN, uh, Sports Center. A lot of people wonder if I can see all those brands. Yeah, I am allowed to. It's a nice thing about being your own kind of entity with the show. Because people always ask me, how can you say these different brands? Like, uh, just flat out saying, there's no, I'm not going to get a lawyer knocking on my door. Uh, but at the end of the day, you have, I watch those games hooking the grabbing the like it was ruthless and i i loved it uh, for some reason i watched it i get i get i get excited i think it's almost better than what it did say but then i watched it then you look at connor McDavid, who was an absolute Best player to ever hold a stick and puck and, with skating speed. Like, there's never been someone faster than him skating with the puck. I don't know if you guys disagree, but the, it's just amazing to watch and to see everything that has changed. But uh, There's a lot of people that were restricted with size. Like, a guy like Dustin Bufflin, he'd be perfect for, like, he's good now. But look how he could have be, been even back in the early thousands. He could have been a better Scott Stevens, I think. Overall, yeah, well,
2: let's right. get back to McDavid quick. We, we talked about him being the best player, but the way he skates, and, and I do a little bit of skill stuff a little bit with some of the kids and things around here, but I, I show them videos of the way the guy skates, and I picked this up probably uh, really early this year, but the way he he never skates straight ahead, everything is a crossover. So everything, if that makes sense to you, nothing is straight ahead, nothing is strides everything is a crossover and I, it made me think and I was like, how is he doing that? Where's he getting that speed? And if you watch and I've tried teaching these kids this, if you watch and you start constantly skating in a crossover stance, you get so much more power and you get so much more speed where these, these defensemen can't handle it. It, it, It's deceptive to them a little bit as well. So if you watch them, try to watch that. I I, I swear I was telling kids this in like November, December kind of area. And it, 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 if you start watching it, you can really see the
1: power he gets out of that. It's 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 amazing. It, it truly is. And you that you bring up like showing kids that you, the videos and everything is is great to see because you have that technology now to see what a player does and. Him having a bit of height to him, obviously being over six feet, is a great advantage to him because he's upstate cheap. But him having speed with that height, he's gonna get those long legs are gonna get going. Look we did to Morgan Riley this year. The Morgan Riley still trying to find his jockstrap on the stands in the Scotiabank Arena because he's of that. He's doing things
2: like that on a weekly basis, though. Like that, to everyone, to the everybody. Guy, <laughs> the guy is an
1: unbelievable player.
2: I don't think anybody will doubt it. Anybody matches it. it it's it's a gift it's a skill the guy works incredibly hard um there's a reason why he's that good he, he's, he's an absolute stud do you find
0: that uh, now that you're you know you're done and and you we'll let you talk a little bit about what you're doing now but like do you find that you're watching more hockey now that you're teaching kids and working with these children to you know getting more ideas and
2: just seeing what more hockey all the time than you used to i think my eye has changed and it's weird to say like i i know that i just stopped playing a year ago um but i think now that i've stopped playing i watch the game in a different way like i said i watch for the way guys are their different skills the the more individual skills i guess now you can say before i used to watch the game kind of more as a team kind of thinking more of um how can i say it but more of like systems-wise, what are these teams doing system-wise? Now I look at more of the individual, more of what the Connor McDavids are doing, more of what, what makes Sidney Crosby makes Sidney Crosby. How, how does a guy like that have that type of vision? Um, no big deal. I beat him in under under 17 in points. Oh, not a thing. <laughs> yeah, let's, that doesn't matter. <laughs> that doesn't matter. Don't worry. <laughs>
1: not a problem. No, not at all. And you know what? You bring up, like, I know Brooksie said he's going to get to what you're doing now, but even before we do that, you stepped off the ice the last time. Did you step off and say that, you know what, obviously, you could, you're obviously proud of what you have, but did any emotion kick in? Like, did you tear up a little bit? You can you can admit that on the radio here. You're allowed no, to. No,
2: no. And, and, and Brooksie will tell you, I still had another year deal um, going into last year. I had no idea that my career was going to be finished when I left the rink. Um, to be honest with you, I think I'm kind of happy it was like that. Uh, I, I again, I have a, a little daughter who's five, or she was five and now she's six. But when I played, she was five and finishing. Um, she loved coming to the game. She loved coming on the ice. In Europe, you can bring them on the ice after games and stuff sometimes. Um, so I think it would have hurt me a little bit more. I think it would have been more emotional, but. I, I didn't even know, like I said, I had all expectations to come back the next year. Um, but other opportunities came to me and, and it's just the way kind of it worked. Um, do I wish I would have had maybe that last goodbye? Yeah, of course. Right. But, um, I, I don't regret making the decision I made when I made it. So I'm, I miss it. Don't get me wrong. Like anybody that says they don't slide into you. but, uh, it's definitely not a decision I was unhappy about.
1: See, That's that's a good. You went in a way that you kind of went your own way, opposed to, you know, you know, and you went your own way that you wanted to, you know, kind of, you had that year left. It's still not a way that was an injury or anything. You're able to leave healthy and go on to another point in your life. And uh, Brooksie, I'll give you the floor yeah.
0: Well, no, I just want you know, Evan. This is your chance here to you know, if you just to tell us you know what you're doing or how people can get a hold of you uh, for your hockey school, your training, anything you need
2: to you know to help you no, out. Appre- you no, know. I appreciate that. I, I've I've gotten into a couple different things. Uh, obviously, to bridge the career, a lot of guys get into the skill work with kids. Uh, I've started that out in the Niagara kind of Niagara Falls area, kind of St. Catharines, and and it's gone really well. Um, I work the kids really hard. There's been a lot of great response to it. Um, I had 10 kids drafted in the OHL this year, which is great. Um, A lot of great things going on there. Uh, During my last few years of hockey, I got into kind of wealth management and doing my licensing and all that for uh, doing that side of it. I joined a great partner out here. Uh, His name's Bill Morrison. Um, And it's gone really well. It's been a a little bit of work, obviously, a little bit of a grind. but at the same time, I needed to make the right decision for my family. I have a six, like I said, a six-year-old daughter. I have a wife who's followed me around the world forever. Um, I think it was time to give them kind of that um, comfort of being home again instead of rushing off every, uh, every few months. So it, it's been great. Uh, I've been talking to the, NHLPA, uh, the NHL Alumni Association about a few different ways to help some of their alumni, um, the NHLPA uh we're looking to kind of disrupt a pretty big uh, pretty big sector in the the dis- in the insurance uh world I guess you can say when it comes to pro athletes um so hopefully I can get my uh I've been talking to a few agents and a few different people about ways to to help their players and uh the more years I can get in it the better right yeah, yeah. so how do we get how do they get a hold of you my
0: friend what's the best way
2: well I got my uh I'm on LinkedIn obviously that's the big business network um I'm on Instagram at uh Evan McGrath Hockey um that's a quick way to get a hold of me um I'm on my prosumfinancial uh .ca there's there's many different ways so anything I can do to help anything people have questions about like I said when it comes to uh NHL and the uh, pro athlete insurance side of it, I think it's going to be a big sector we're going to disrupt and, and help a lot of players, so uh, that's something I'm really excited about going into this summer. Yeah.
1: That's
2: that's awesome. Evan McGrath,
1: on a, on a, Evan McGrath Hockey, I've just given it a follow right now, just so you know. Uh, I'm a little late on the follow parade to you, but I know Brooksy follows you. I just gave you a little... <laughs> well, uh, I'm just getting in, I'm
2: just getting into instagram i I just signed uh, a little bit of a deal with true hockey as well um so the whole platform i want I need to get more uh, more on Instagram and things like that uh, so I'm excited about doing a lot of the things with them as well. so there's a lot of great things going on that uh, that should be exciting in the next few years.
1: Certainly, true hockey mitch Marner is a part of that as a leaf fan would obviously know, and definitely uh. <laughs> So one thing that I'll ask you and before we slowly sign off here is this is a question that one of my other co-hosts and basically our background tech guy, Alex Parr, got me to ask. I can't take credit for this question. I wish I could because I think it's a a question. Uh, But you know what? At least I get to ask it. Out of everyone you've played with. All right. I know you play with a lot of guys, a lot of good, talented guys. This is going to be a very interesting answer. I'm putting you right on the spot, so you have to take – a are
2: here. I, I don't know where you're going with this, but
1: let's see. <laughs> so, so you have to choose two line mates. What are your two best li- teammates? Sorry. Like you have to choose two line mates. But who are your two – what two players are you choosing to play with? Exclude me. <laughs> oh man
2: that's a tough one are are we going based on their skill or are we going based on their personality because things change when you go with those
1: different oh, i'll go i'll go with just maybe chemistry on the ice or just teammate wise
2: chemistry on the ice all right well i have to say this guy and you guys are going to say this is a cop out but strictly because i got to play one exhibition game with him and it was steve eiserman uh, oh, that wow. was a really cool opportunity for me and that's the only so reason dope. why again i don't even want to put my name even close to his but we played one exhibition game together and it was a highlight so i have to say him okay i like that that's a good answer that's not a out. that's a good answer <laughs> no yeah like I, I had to kind of use that one and oh man where do i go with this next one because i've had a lot of really really good players i've played with um oh man there was one player let's go kind of out of the box here um because let's not go to the AHL or nhl anymore i played with a player named damian flurry he uh he was a right winger i played with in sweden and this guy could this guy scored every time i gave him the puck it was incredible all i thought every time i got it was just to give it to him so i can get an assist but uh Get get an apple exactly right like get on the score sheet you're having a bad night give it to damien get an apple but uh this guy played for team france uh, i think he's still playing i think up until last year he was with grenoble france but he played with he was captain and stuff of team france for years he was always dominant in all these world championships he's a guy that's played in top leagues in europe uh but again a really underrated player nobody will ever know who he is but uh, unbelievable sniper, unbelievable. But, again, I could name 10 other players, right? It's it's tough. Give me a righty that can uh, that can try to score that I can just put on their tape and I'll like playing with them. So you well, I can the- tell. I
0: was just looking up his stats. He had 25 goals in 44 games and only 12 assists.
1: <laughs> right? So he definitely was a sniper. He was definitely a sniper. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> And you know what? You had to exclude Brooksy, and you were probably like, yes, and I have to add that slap shot phenom onto my aligner. Oh, yeah. Back. I don't
2: know. <laughs> yeah, you know what? We, uh, I, We and Brooksy had a lot of fun together. We've had a, a couple good years together. Even uh, a year and a half ago when we played together, I was Brooksy's first line mate again when he first made his comeback to Sheffield. So yeah. um, he scored the listen to Listen to this quick, quick story. Brooksy hasn't played for months. Comes into Manchester a year and a half ago, one of the worst arenas you'll ever see. You're sitting in the dressing room. <laughs> there's feet up to your your ankles, or there's water up to your ankles. But uh, we come in. We're we're playing terribly. We're doing awful. Brooksy comes in right off the plane, scores the OT winner. I think it was it one nothing or two one. Brooksy? what was it? Uh,
0: I think it might, it might was, have been two, uh, two one.
2: one. Yeah, I think it was two yeah. one. And yeah, and everybody just, oh my god, and then. It was unbelievable. The guy could always score. It wasn't a slap shot either, believe it or not. Oh, I can't <laughs> wait. I don't I need to see
1: video evidence now. Video <laughs> quick one timer. Quick one timer. I think. It, yeah,
2: yeah.
0: There's. Uh, there might have been a fake slap shot in there. I had them all <laughs> messed up. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Ten seconds before, right?
0: Uh,
2: yeah. I'll have
0: to tell you this though. Like since you brought up that story, I cannot tell you how tired and out of shape i was because i hadn't i hadn't played in months i I, I hadn't done anything i didn't
2: train yeah i was playing for months and i was out of shape so i could only imagine how you were (laughs) (laughs) i was so tired but it was great to
0: great way to start my experience again and you know like i was lucky enough you know evan got an assist hey that's why he probably wanted me on his line again eh? because he's always wanting these free apples (laughs) <laughs> hey, that's
2: what it's about, right? <laughs> as long
1: as you get on the score sheet, who the hell, who the fuck, any word you want to use, cares. Just yeah. get on. It doesn't yeah. matter
2: how. Hey, look what you guys are doing. You're looking at your elite prospects right now, right? That's what you
1: oh. see. Oh. <laughs> shit's <laughs> I mean, up there. You know, we've had some people on here that got apples goals. we had a lot of fighters on the show, which uh, Brooksy obviously can uh, can attest to. In particular, with uh, Trevor Gillies. Okay, there's a guy who raked in the PIMS, Okay, but oh, either man, way, that's a special player right there, too. Absolute, but you know what? It's overall, overall, like getting on the score sheet is all that matters, okay? And remember, go back. We can end this the way we started it. Look at back in hockey days. I used to get a dollar on each goal and assist, probably because I didn't get too many when I was younger. You know, I was a, (laughs) but you know, but it's obviously, you know, you either whatever way you can get on the score sheet to help your team. That's literally all that matters, right? That's all that matters. Well, hey. Teams like
2: winners, right? That's what it's about now. You got to win or teams will just dump you off. So you might as well win, loot, and drop a few points. That's my opinion. If you wait for it <laughs> right?
1: Live the Exist. words of Bobby. Exactly.
2: exactly. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Evan, I want to say thank you very much uh, for coming on the show. Before I go to you, uh, Brooksy, I want to say thank you to you for coming on. Uh, But obviously taking the time to talk to us not only about your slap shots but your stories. If it wasn't for you be able to get Evan on, Uh, you've been obviously a great help with this uh, show as we continue to grow and get more and more interviews. But overall, Brooksy, thank you for taking the time to come on with with us tonight.
0: No problem, buddy. Uh, It's always a pleasure and uh, I'm so glad to be a part of it.
1: Absolutely. You are obviously – the best ad. you are the heart and soul of the game sports show helping us with these interviews and now going to the individual that took the time out of his day to join here on the Game Sports Show, I'm very happy that he has. I wish we had a lot more time; we could have dragged this some more. That's why we're going to have to have you on again in the future, Evan McGrath. Thank you very much for coming on tonight.
2: Hey, no problem. It was awesome uh, getting to chat with you guys. Let's honestly do this again. It was great.
1: Awesome. Glad you enjoyed it. Make sure you give Evan a follow on Instagram and obviously check out his YouTube videos because I don't know if you know all that, but you have some YouTube videos as well, Evan. I'll let you. Well,
2: kind... there can't be there can't be too many unless I'm falling over or something. <laughs> have you ever seen those videos of the guy trying to get off the ice? and the stick runs into the board,
1: maybe they'll mine. <laughs> was that? Are you the legend? Are you that guy? <laughs> Again, I want to say thank you to Evan, thank you to Brooksy. Thank you to all the listeners and, of course, the viewers here on the Game Sports Show. The special edition upload, which is brought to you by Compass Imaging Group and Demansky Office Interiors. Make sure you check them out on Facebook, Instagram, their website, and their current sale options will not just meet your needs, exceed your needs from signage, banners, and office gear, and much more more. We want to say thank you to ESPN, ESPN Fork United, Sovereign Communications, and On TV for their support from the broadcasting and all of our sponsors Northern Superior Brewing Company, Sports Center Bar and Grill, Northern Quitters in Need, North Shore Sports and Auto, and Thrush Creative Co. And a special shout out to Aaron Robinson for designing our website. It's fantastic. You're probably, I've already been on there. If you've clicked the link to get on the show, just make sure you check out everything on there. And if you're interested in getting your own website launched and going, check out Thrush creative co as well there and thank you to everyone who tuned in through spotify apple and or Podbean. make sure you hit like follow and subscribe on all of our platforms in particular with facebook and with instagram now on behalf of evan brendan brooks and also myself david mckagg your host for tonight's show i'm here to remind you to keep your stick on the ice swing your bat catch your touchdown drain your threes and shoot your shots booyah